Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, December 24th, 2023. We've got another great show for you this week. It's our last episode of BRN Sunday for 2023. I'll be joined by David Levine of Groom Law Group. And then Oliver Rennick of the Schwab Network will be stopping by to help break down markets. So sit back, relax. Enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. Well, we're going to kick things off, as we always do, with a look at what's happening on Capitol Hill. And we're going to, today we're going to look back. This is our last BRN Sunday for 2023. Joining us on the line, he's one half of the Legal Eagles. That's David Levine. He's a principal with Groom Law Group. That's an employee benefits law firm based in Washington, D.C. David, thanks for making some time for us this uh, morning. Really appreciate it. Jeff, as always, it's great to be here. And maybe it's uh, just a sign of the times that there's only one eagle to look back because maybe we only got halfway done with all everything we thought we'd get done in 2023. Well, we always have a long laundry list in the retirement industry, as we've talked about financial services, glacial in terms of its movement. But I would still say, David, you know, looking back, there's a lot that's been accomplished this year. And here we are heading into 2024, Secure 2.0, top of mind for me. And I think a lot of the audience, because there's some there's some provisions that are going to become effective January 1st. There are. And as, as we look back, there, it, it, it's important to think about where we've come from. Secure 2.0, we have, we're a year out. And during this year, there was a lot of ups and downs in the world of Secure 2.0. There was the issue of, does everything need to be Roth if you earn over $145,000? <laughs> and that sucked up a lot of our time uh, in Secure 2.0 land because Admittedly, the IRS gave us great guidance, and thank you, uh, that pushed it out two years. But then, as another uh, gift under the tree, the IRS gave a bit of grab bag guidance on other Secure 2.0 provisions just the other day. So now, we're sort of going into 24. We've got things like student loans and all these other pieces coming online. But we have some guidance, not complete, but people are moving forward. There's also the idea that there are, I'll call it, hiccups in Secure 2.0. It's, it, as we've discussed throughout the year, it's impossible to write legislation to cover every scenario and, and for it to be perfect, especially in this area. And the folks on the Hill, the staff especially, have worked really hard this year to come up with language to address technical corrections and related items in Secure 2.0. They put out a discussion draft. But again, it's still we're still not there. They have put it out as for discussion, so they've done a lot of their job. Let's see where we can move the ball from here. And another example of thing. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. You want to chime in? I'm no, going to keep no, going no. with my half was my half complete theme. <laughs> no, no. Go finish your thought, and then I have a question, but it was not related to legislation. Go finish your thought, David. I apologize for interrupting you. <laughs> oh no, no worries. You know, so, you know, if Kevin's not here, we can't interrupt each other. So <laughs> you have to do the job for us, uh, and we appreciate that as always. Um, so the. Other thing, just to note for one second, is in the land of regulation as well, is the Department of Labor has had a busy year of proposals. We have a lot of things out there, and a lot of things are waiting to finish the clearance process. We, of course, at the end of the year, have had the big news about the new definition of fiduciary, round three or 33, depending how you'd like to define it. <laughs> it's In my mind, it's round three. Um, and certainly, all the ups and downs there, and that that's still partially done you have a lot of other things that get 
technical like QPAM and exemption procedures, not to bore the listeners, but these are things that are relevant. But the Department of Labor is doing a lot, but we're waiting to see final results. Oh, and also what's incomplete is we're part of the way through the 2024 election cycle. Some some more is yet to come on that, and it's going to be a wild ride. (laughs) David, as you look back, and I know uh, it's always great having both you and Kevin here, but when you gentlemen look back on the year of litigation, anything that stands out to you, obviously, we got the fiduciary rule that you already talked about, Secure 2.0. But I feel like we spent a lot of time this year talking about, not a lot, but part of our time talking about litigation and, and the evolution there. Sure. And, and you're right, Jeff. Litigation continues to evolve. There's We could get really weedy and wonky for here if we want, but at a high level, A, there's been more and more, but definitely not just a blanket series of wins in the i'll call it the basic your plan paid too much in fees and expenses for record keeping or other services or funds you see more and more of those cases actually being dismissed you see more and more uh i'll say low dollar settlements but you see an expansion of claims you've seen it pushing out in the last year to asserting claims about about product solutions some very technical, interesting discussions, at least for lawyers, interesting about when the prohibited transaction rules apply, when they don't, how how you how it all operates in terms of what what the fiduciary duties are and what disclosures are when and where. Again, that's up in the air. It's in flux. Similarly, things similarly things like you know arbitration remains in flux. Supreme Court hasn't weighed in; doesn't seem to be about to, but. Uh, the idea of arbitration causes and plans and another area and, and and also just even simply put what you really need to get into in a case depends on what court you're into your, your court you're in about the level of detail and the level of duties, uh, duty of prudence and diligence there's not a duty of diligence which is the process that that people need to do so we are really in an evolving spot and i would be remiss if i did not say in the land of litigation 2023 was also a year where there's a lot of press about litigation over healthcare plans like 401k and some of the big players have been out there and you've talked to them and saying that they were looking at it we've had litigation we had a case we did that where we defended someone and we got it dismissed uh at the same time this is a hot topic a lot of people are talking about it, and then we'll continue on to next year about fee t- transparency and mental health parity. So a lot in the land of litigation, Jeff. Yeah, and, and I want to leave off um, because we've talked about another angle with you and, and Kevin. Uh, that's data and privacy. Uh, how do we leave off a year? Because there were some evolutions there, evolution there, um, maybe in the federal, at the federal level, but also state and local level, because uh, there's, I don't think there's uniformity across all the jurisdiction as to how they look at data. Exactly. Well, you're you're, you're right. You know, as 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 a as a reference to my good friend Mr. Walsh, let's let's make this topic data security, privacy, and missing participants, because we we wouldn't have we wouldn't have a yearly wrap up without a reference to missing participants. Yeah, we have to uh, we have to do that. I feel like it's just in honor of Kevin. Exactly. I'm sorry, can't be here today, but absolutely, Kevin would. Kevin would, of course, want that dropped in. But you're right. We we're still in a world where, 
at this point, there's no federal standard on data. There's a lot of discussions. There are discussion drafts out there. You obviously have a California CCPA rolling along. There is the carve out for areas that are preempted by federal law. So, but there's the question of, especially as the as our industry evolves, the there's a lot of people who talk about convergence, health, retirement, uh, individual wealth, and the Department of Labor and its fiduciary rules certainly has some thoughts on that. For instance, on IRAs and rollovers, and there is how does this all tie? together about which standards apply where we're still in a pretty holy that and i say p w h o l y i'm not even sure that's the right spelling uh uh patchwork of laws at this moment that really govern this and we have yet to see we know the department of labor continues to be active looking in this space the sec has has been focused on this space especially for advisors and their security so there's a lot going on so whether you're a whether you're a plan sponsor or plan level fiduciary and you have all these discussions, whether you're a service provider, there's a lot coming. And who knows? You know, we haven't talked much about PEPs, PEPs lately. It's a lot of news about people opening and changing PEPs and stuff. We'll see what happens with PEPs in the new year as well. Yeah. Now that I've done my laundry list, I will stop there, Jeff. Yeah. Well, David, uh, great work this year by you and Kevin. You guys are always in have the uh, ear to the grindstone, so to speak, in terms of what's happening. You've been great in terms of delivering great content to the audience. And look, I am looking forward to 2024. And we, when we get Kevin back, we can look at the year ahead on that first show um, coming in January. So until then, David, enjoy the rest of your 2023. Safe and happy and healthy new year to you, your family, and Kevin and Kevin's families and friends. And we'll talk to you again first thing in January. Happy New Year, Jeff, and thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network.
Welcome back. Now time to take a look at markets. We're going to look back at 2023. Joining us on the line, he's the lead anchor for the Schwab Network, Oliver Renick. Oliver, thanks for making time for us this morning. Absolutely, Jeff. Thank you. All right, Oliver, this is our last BRN Sunday of January of 2023. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to do some analysis and look back on the year that was. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're not going to do a show next week. So I wanted to get your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. My story of the year for markets uh, begins with the bond market and uh, the yield curve. The shortened version of what could be like an academic thesis and like a semester of study for uh, financial students is what happened in the bond market this year. So try and distill it uh, into the core components. We went through uh, multiple different types of curve behavior in the bond market that uh, signaled hugely different economic outcomes. And one moment that really was unique to this year that has never really um, been seen before. So I'll start from the beginning, basically. And just kind of using the spread between tens to twos as my guide, we started off the year inverted in a yield curve, obviously the reflection of a Fed that was hiking rates, applying pressure to the economy, and deep fears among investors that this year was going to be certain recession. Then we got regional banks that blew up and that fear just deepened. The yield curve then widened out because by that end of first quarter, the market was pricing in cuts for this year. And so the yield curve re-steepened in a very traditional fashion prior to recession, which is when the Fed cuts. So we had the short-term rates really plunging and um, long-term rates going down too, but not quite as fast. So you had a full steepening of the curve around the regional bank event. Mm -hmm. And that's typically the event that the bond market confirms that you're about to go into a recession. Um, The inversion of the curve that people spent 2021 and 2022 talking about It's kind of the predecessor to the uninversion that happens as the recession actually hits because the Fed has to act. And that's what everybody thought was going to happen very quickly when the regional banks went um, under in a few instances and stressed generally throughout the industry. Now, of course, there was a little support from the government, but nothing too extreme, a little kind of like pseudo stimulus a little bit and kind of a backstop to make sure that we didn't have major like banking crisis. But generally speaking, the market just equilibrated and uh, there were a few bad actors that needed to go. And so things normalized, but there was this second section of the year that was during the summer in which we said, all right, maybe the banks aren't going to take us under into a financial crisis, but we still have inflation that's very elevated and clearly some economic stress. So there was a stagflation concern again in the middle of the year. The curve's inverted again, and we kind of were back to the drawing board. Then something somewhat kind of miraculous happened, which is that the economy got this second wave. And you can attribute it to whatever. But the bottom line is that the strength of the employment market is the easiest way to uh describe it and explain it you had some real deep fears and positioning in markets that a big recession was coming and it didn't and so there was a relief trade that then occurred and we started 
beating expectations in the economy and the yield curve started to steepen, you know, uninvert, the same thing, steepen and uninvert, almost entirely by the end of the summer by way of bear steepening instead of bull steepening. And that doesn't happen. According to history, you don't uninvert naturally because of fresh growth expectations going higher. You only uninvert because the Fed comes to save you. So in the summer into the fall, we had this really unprecedented event where the curve started steepening out and almost inverted. We printed a 5% GDP. The labor market refused to break. Housing refused to break. The consumer, though strained, did not break. And even though unemployment was rising throughout the past year, it was doing so very slowly and off of very low levels. And so we had this uh, shock economic soft landing. Uh, And then we saw disinflation continue. And uh, we got very, very close to kind of having this sort of uh, euphoric moment. And that's kind of like where we're leaving the year. Uh, The development since then is that the data have worsened somewhat. And as the market has priced in the cut, there is a debate about whether or not we have to cut to avoid recession again, or if we're going to cut and actually invertedly stimulate the economy in a way. And so the yield curve has kind of been flat over the last couple of months going into next year. But the fact we had so many twists and turns and had two different types of curve uninversion and steepening throughout the year really tells you all you need to know about the path for the economy that went from deep concern to very pleasant surprise. Yeah, you know, Oliver, I kind of feel like this is an episode of Falcon Crest because, you know, with the the twist – you remember Falcon – well, you're a young guy, but you probably don't remember Falcon Crest. Dallas, Falcon Crest, all the – they were like the big – before reality shows. (laughs) But I do feel like there's – it's a tale of two halves. Um, and your and your analysis seems to you know I'm I'm paraphrasing but it seems to indicate that and I don't want to you know we're going to tease sure, that yeah. we're going to tease that in January when you come back for that first show beer on Sunday we'll look ahead so I don't want to get into that prognostication component yet I think we need to wait for the market to kind of restart itself and and, and get your feedback on that but as we close out 2023 it's easy to be short sighted Oliver and just think about what happened in the last couple weeks or the last month um, sure and i guess the question is will uh there's maybe... a far cry from the main conversation people were having yeah i mean i think about you know you mentioned recession but also the conversation around the fed and cut cut cut, cut or uh or raise 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 um and i wonder going into 2024 what what perspective will the will the fed have and, and what and as a result what perspective will the will the market have that is the you know big uh, discussion right now, which is will the Fed actually follow through with what the market has been pushing them towards? And because of that, we had a fourth quarter rally in stocks that looked quite different from the first three quarters of strength in stocks. So to think about the Fed impact in the most useful way from an investor and trader standpoint is to look at how leadership in the stock market shifted in November and December. So high quality tech companies with good balance sheet, profit, cash flow, and of course the AI innovators, those were the leaders of the stock market all year. When the Fed 
signaled that they were willing to cut with the dot plots in the fourth quarter. The market then started buying up, well, ahead of that event too, but through it, the market started buying up companies that it hadn't been interested in when it didn't think the Fed was going to cut. And so that is a very important concept for next year because if the Fed actually does go through and cut, it extends the financial lifespan of companies that were headed for bankruptcy, essentially, under their own debt burdens at previous interest rate levels from 2021 and 2022. If the Fed does not cut, then that possibility of serious credit stress comes back to the table and we'll have to deal with that. That is a great question going into next year. Oliver, last question, not related directly to the markets, but I, I want to ask you, uh, as we close out 2023, does social media – I remember the GameStop saga that you and I discussed and others discussed. I think it was last year, the GameStop and, and all the – the power of social before, media. Really, but yeah. Was it yeah. was it before that? Uh, maybe 2021. But, but does social media still play a big role in – some of these market-driven events as we close out 2023 or have investors, and I mean uh, retail investors, learn the lessons of the GameStop or, or as we as we go into a new year, um, are people still going to be flashing through their X or their Instagram or Reddit um, looking for, quote-unquote, the best ideas? Yeah, I think the Reddit trade has slowed down significantly. A lot of that is probably correlated with the significant drop in personal savings and uh, COVID kind of wealth effect that has been reduced significantly. There's not as much speculative activity in markets. Now we started to see that heat up again at the end of this year when the market started pricing in cuts. But uh, no, the big kind of advent in the trading world over the past year was the same day expiry in the options market, zero data expiry options that became very popular. But for the most part, people are taking the high probability side of that trade and collecting premium by selling short-term options that are likely to expire worthless. So even though there's a speculative element of that, doing it on a daily basis, it's generally probabilistically less speculative than buying upside on companies because you heard about it online. Yeah, I just worry, and this is rhetorical. We don't have to, we can close on this. <clears throat> I, I, I think you're right. People have learned some some lessons there. I just worry about the, the the basic fundamental financial knowledge education. You really can't get that in 30 seconds in a in a TikTok or a, a YouTube short or anything like that. I, I, and I think that's to be rec- reconciled and reckoned with in in 2024 and beyond. Oliver, mm-hmm. we're going to leave it there. Uh, happy New Year to you, your family, your friends. Get some time off, get some rest, and we'll look forward to catching back up with you in 2024. Thank you very much, Jeff. Bye bye. Same to you. Take care. Bye bye. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to? Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content? Visit our website. Well, we're not back again tomorrow because it's the Christmas holiday. We'll be back on Tuesday and the rest of the week with some great repeat episodes from 2023 until then until 2024 i'm jeff snyder stay safe keep on saving and don't forget roll with the changes